Hi everyone, and welcome to the 65th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey! It's the Brocast! It's, everybody's been wanting it, and yeah. well, folks, you finally got it. Yeah, I'm guessing, uh, yeah, it seems like Sabrina's pretty busy with school. I'm pretty busy, but I, I have a little bit off. So. I'm busy too, I know, with work, but I've been sick the last couple of days, so that hasn't been fun for me at all. Oh, that's not good. But yeah, uh... When was the last broadcast we had? I don't even remember. Wasn't it like last year? <laughs> yeah, it was probably last year. So yeah, first first broadcast of the year. Yep, no no women to accompany us. No Sabby, no Olivia, no Jackie, no Lauren. No, nobody. Nobody, but oh. just us. Yeah, just us. I was, oh, man, I was hoping, uh, you know, just behind the scenes uh, for everybody listening. Uh, when we, so in December, uh, when we had our last podcast, I had our podcast coming out like two weeks earlier than it was supposed to because I completely forgot that we had a break uh, in, in the in the you know in the winter. We usually have like some sort of uh, two week delay. I for, I completely forgot about it. And uh, Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts Union were scheduled to record on the same day. Had that somehow worked out, that Kingdom Hearts Union was scheduled on that day, we would have had the April Fool's podcast. Man, that would have been awesome. That would have been like a, a great podcast to have. I know, and then Final Fantasy Union gets it, and they don't do anything. Ah, ah, we we would have done something. Such a waste of an April Fools. I know, I know. We had we had an April Fools podcast last year, and our show came out a day before as April April Fools. Yeah, that was actually kind of good. Did you do anything for April Fools? Um, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. I I said, oh yeah. <laughs> The only thing I did was I uh, I mess I sort of posted on uh, Banaz's wall that uh, some I forgot what I said but like oh we're gonna be great parents <laughs> and I didn't discuss this with her oh, beforehand. Oh yeah, I saw that. I was like, I was like, wait, <laughs> her huh? brother, her brother started uh, posting on that. Oh wow, that was, yeah, that I, was about all I had. <laughs> For me, I was, I I was just... gonna I was gonna tweet out that I was pregnant, but I think I've done that before, so. Uh, you know, you, I mean, you can get pregnant again, you know, it's okay. I know, I know. I mean, all I did was took, uh, I took, uh, Olivia, who's Square Enix Gals, I took all her information, her Twitter icon and her pro, and her background, and I put it all over mine, so whenever I tweeted, and a lot of people thought I was her for a while, and it was pretty <laughs> funny, because, and then, then she started tweeting at me, and then we, and then we went back and forth for a little bit, and all you see was her name just, like, piling people's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitter feeds and it was it was, was awesome. it was kind of fun for a while, you know. Yeah, I, I was I thought it was just you know mindless stupid fun, but oh, that was my okay. Impulse. I just I just realized something. I have I have a confession. I have a confession to make. So <laughs> I don't know if I've discussed this with you, Churro, uh-huh. yet, but I have a big confession to make. So what remember back remember back in des- like December or November time how I like sold all of my consoles. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I bought a PlayStation Three again. You did? Uh, I, oh yeah, because you, you, you traded them all so you can buy a PS Four, right? Yeah, and then my PS Four has been just been sitting under my TV collecting dust. I literally have not turned on the console. I literally have not turned on my PS Four this year. That's how bad it is. And you didn't even buy Infamous or anything like that? Nope. Haven't bought Infamous. Haven't bought nothing. I mean, Infamous looks cool, but it doesn't seem like my kind of game. I, I tried the original Infamous, but it's... Uh, well, don't worry. To me, to me, Infamous is like a solid 8 out of 10, and I think for most people it is. 
And I'm sorry, with my busy schedule, can't be 8 out of 10. Got to be like 9 and above. Well, <laughs> that's, at least, all I, um, that's all I have time for. At least you got The Last of Us to look forward to in the summer. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't played Last of Us, so maybe maybe I'll pick it maybe, up. Yeah, but you got to remember this: The Last of Us is mainly a ten out of ten. So, like you said, yeah, like like we'll, for me, we'll like like my PS4 is finally getting some action because I upgraded my PS3 account for Final Fantasy XIV to the oh, PS4. Awesome. So now it's been been that game's beautiful on the PS4. Let me tell you. Yeah, how does it compare to the PS3 version? It's it you know there's there's you know the big difference is like loading times between when mm-hmm. you do like spells and when you you know ride on your chocobo there's like no lag at all there's like everything loads and transitions awesome. pretty smoothly load times are faster uh they did a wonderful job for the PS4 and hopefully it gets a lot of good attention cuz you know mm-hmm. they did they they worked hard for, for uh a realm reborn and right now it's it's getting better getting a lot better now awesome now i don't know if you played the pc version but do you know how it stacks up to the pc version is it pretty much like the same as the pc it's pretty much on par with the you know i don't want to say very high-end pcs but it's on par Mm -hmm. with you know very good ones i mean of course the pc would always be better because you can you know buy parts to make it even better but like on a good pc it'll run just as good as that awesome awesome so that's yeah that's good to hear so yeah, if you're interested in MMOs, uh, Final Fantasy, it's still in beta, right? It's uh, early access right now. It comes out on the 14th. So if you okay. pre-ordered, you know the PS to Collectors for Edition, or where your legacy, all the way back from the very beginning, you know, or from the PS3 version, you get early access, which started uh, yesterday. So yeah, that sounds good. Um... So, for you new folks, uh, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Churro? KH2.co.uk. All right, so we have a two-segment show today. We've got our burning question segment and our question segment. (laughs) Notice how there's no news segment because there hasn't been anything. (laughs) There's no news. Well, I mean, there could be tidbits, but like there's there's nothing to go off. Really, really random tidbits. Like I I can off the top of my head, I can only remember like Final Fantasy 15 related ones. Well, they Um, had that. The yeah. Famitsu rumor thing yeah. for the latest issue saying that Kingdom Hearts 3 they expect you're preparing new news same with the Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 remix you know they're wrapping up with uh, recoded you know new scenes recoded yeah. editing and stuff like that so they just all they just said is prepare for new news they didn't give us a date or a time or whatever so I don't really qualify that as anything it's just yeah. Square Enix being Square Enix with please wait a little longer Exactly, exactly. Oh, well. Uh, In the way of announcements, uh, just as a reminder, um, we announced it first last show, uh, but both Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Union have started a Patreon account. And just so you guys know, uh, basically Patreon is a way that you guys can uh, support us. Uh, Basically, uh, by pledging a certain amount of money per episode, we can help make this show even better. Uh, Our current goal right now is if we can get a uh, $500 per episode uh, limit meet 
what we will do is uh, increase the frequency that we release these episodes. So that would mean you get uh, Kingdom Hearts Union every other week as opposed to every four weeks, which would be, you know, really awesome. You know, we'd be able to uh, produce more episodes uh, as well as Final Fantasy Union. So basically you would have either Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts Union every single week. Which so. means more of us. You get to hear more of us. Yes. And, and if you love us that much, please, please contribute. Yeah. I'll, we'll have to see how that would even work with our schedules. I would imagine if we're on a weekly schedule, broadcast would be a more frequent thing. Just because... Hey, it's man, giving, they're giving the people what they want, right? Exactly. Exactly. It would give people what they want. So... Uh, anyways, just as uh, a reminder for everyone, Kingdom Hearts 3D spoilers are fair game. And looking through some of the questions on Bernie questions, I think today will be one of those days where we, we might just have to talk about those sorts of things. Okay, I'm not going to say it right now, but next year we can stop announcing <laughs> that. Next year, please. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, this year marks two years, so uh, I don't think we're going to do that anymore. <laughs> True. Yeah, I, I, just, I just feel bad because... This year, it's still going to be, you know, King Norris 2.5 is going to come out. So there's going to be people that just bought 1.5. They're just playing 2.5. Well, put it this way. If if they're going to be behind. Well, if uh, if Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, being released, you know, I'm, you know, 2016 and they need a f- 2015 gap to fill it. And that's going to be if that's going to be case 3D, you know, HD, then, yeah, I'll go ahead and say that. But as of okay. right now, there's nothing. Okay, so something I want to talk about before we get into the burning question that I just remembered uh, is something that uh, came out in an interview uh, from the new Square Enix CEO, uh, who I still don't know the name of. Um, but, yeah, basically it was with regards to the success of Bravely Default, and I'm assuming the not-so-success of Lightning Returns uh, overseas. And basically... Uh, uh, noting that Bravely Default has done so well, uh, he's starting to real Square Enix as a whole is starting to realize that uh, traditional JRPGs are still popular, which is kind of interesting because it's it's taken them five years. I mean, it's been five years since Final Fantasy XIII, and they've been languishing in all these strange sequels and the failure like- of an MMO of FF14, the original FF14, and you know the bombing of that. Then you have mobile games, and then you have the the uh, delayed development, the long-term development of Versus, which yep. is now 15. Exactly. And it's like, you know, it shouldn't take a company that long to recognize, but at least they're recognizing it now. But the question is that they recognize it, but what are they going to do to as they continue forward in the future? You know, what are they going to do? You know, that's, just, that's a great question. I because, have no idea what's the next step from this. Yeah, because like you can acknowledge something, but doesn't mean you really have to do something about it. I mean, there are some companies out there that I don't understand decisions. I mean, look what uh, Capcom did with the mm-hmm. Mega Man series, you know, <laughs> and, you know, for the April Fools, they created like a brand new Mega Man X artwork. And a lot of people are going, oh. why would you make that an April Fools joke <laughs> when you should have been doing it in the first place to, to oh. please your fans? Well, <laughs> thankfully, Square isn't, well, Square does that sort of thing, but they do that at press conferences with tech demos. <laughs> Unintentionally. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. But like I said, my only fear for Square Enix is what, now that they recognize what you know the fans want, especially Western fans, mm-hmm. the question is, you know, for me, it's just what they're going to do. 
what exactly. is the next step? Like you just said, what is what is that next step for Square Enix? Know that they understand what need, what they can do. Yeah, know? I think a, I think a key understanding, uh, and maybe they just didn't understand this at first, but you know what what made Square so I mean, special? What I mean, because because so you know they you know different. they try to adapt to what we like, which is actually you know act straight up action, you know Western, which is what they think we like. But yeah. if if you think about it, let's say hypothetically speaking, I went to a Japanese restaurant. Would I order a hamburger? No, no. Why would you ever go to a Japanese restaurant and order something? from the states or why would you go to japan and then eat at mcdonald's well that's kind of a little bit different because mcdonald's is actually different in japan but still it's the same idea why would you want a western a japanese interpretation of something western when you can have something japanese that is authentically japanese that's yeah, interesting and different yeah it's like you know like it's like I've, i was telling somebody you know just just you know, just make what you're good at. You know, that's what that's what brought us to liking your games in the first place because you had that influence on us. You know, stop trying so much to, you know, give us what we like. You know, just focus on what you guys are doing best on. You know, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe they all watched Space Jam and saw Michael Jordan failing at golf and baseball. <laughs> Maybe we're Michael Jordan. Maybe we should be Michael Jordan going back to playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's actually a good analogy. And, you know, it's you we know, watch Space Jam. To, yeah, we should just tie all Square Enix staff and watch them be like, see Michael Jordan, see what he's doing wrong there. He's doing uh, golfing and he's doing baseball. He's not doing good at it. And then good. he goes back to basketball. That's what he's good at. Exactly. You got to dunk on them aliens after yep. you're languishing in baseball and golf. Yeah, you know, you know, like I said, start with the mobile, you know, because you know how mobile gaming is very big uh, in the States. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to stop with the mobile games, you know, stop with the web browser games, you know, you know, take a look at what you guys, you know, what made you guys so successful. Exactly. Put exactly. ideas into it. I mean, right now, like some of the popular games coming from Square Enix are not something that's called Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, or Dragon Quest. That is true. And you know, a lot of it is from IDOS. So <laughs> IDOS or new yeah. IPs like Bravely Default. You know, true. Bravely exactly. Default was something that Square Enix didn't want to bring over to the other countries, but it was Nintendo that said, "Hey, you know, we'll do it for you," and look mm. what happened. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a big deal. So yeah, hope, that's a really big deal. Yeah, so I hope they uh, they take notice of that. Uh, I I also saw that they were making that uh, that visual novel game, and it made me think: Are they trying to make a persona? <laughs> Is that, that visual stuff? novel, that uh, iOS mobile thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was like, uh, it looks kind of looks kind of weird. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, what are you guys doing now? It's yeah. like, in, in here you thought you couldn't get any lower than uh, all the bravest. Yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully it's not too bad. I, I, I actually really like the visual novel style of game. Kind of like, I just, um, I just don't like that. What I was hearing was nothing but kawaii moe sounding yeah. anime girls, and it sounded like if it's something this is cool, like, uh, something like, like the nine nine nine, you know, visual yeah. uh, novel for iOS. If it's something like that, then that's something I can get into. Yeah. But honestly, I personally am, would not want to ask Square Enix to go that route before they go down the route that they should be going down. Make your cool JRPGs again. You know, you revolutionized the genre. You didn't invent it. That was, yeah. that was on Dragon Quest and Enix. They, they invented it. But you guys 
revolutionized it and made it popular in internationally. And you did something different, uh, which, you know, Dragon Quest, I mean, if you want to look historically, Dragon Quest, the way it functioned was that they would create uh, an iterative title. It's kind of like Call of Duty where every game was pretty much similar but with slight changes. But with Final Fantasy, their innovation was, no, every time we make a Final Fantasy game, it's going to be completely different totally new story, totally retconned the old universe. This is a brand new thing. And by doing that, they set themselves apart. And it was something yeah, awesome. Yeah, so something new to look forward to rather than say, oh, here's Final Fantasy thirteen. Okay, well, people complained about things. Well, let's here's thirteen two. Uh, well, that well, wasn't good enough. Thing. Well, here's Lightning Returns. And sort of speaking towards that, another thing to take out of that is the, the drop-off in what happens when you release a sequel. Sequels never do as well as the original. Uh, this is even the case in Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 2 actually did not sell as well as Kingdom Hearts 1, if you want to look at the because, sales. Um, because when you look at it, you know, Nomura listened way too much to what the fans wanted and kind of... Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Plus, at the same time, you know, you kind of realize Nomura didn't realize, didn't expect Kingdom Hearts to really succeed that much. So he yeah. had a literally plan out everything, you know, for Chain of Memories, for Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. 2, you know, so, I mean, it's, it, it's it's been a long road for the Kingdom Hearts, but at least in each iteration of Kingdom Hearts, you know, even though it's a continued story, mm-hmm. at least he tried to make, make it something new and, and innovative each, with each title, you know? Definitely. I just think with the with the Final Fantasy thirteen series, if they realized the fact that Final Fantasy thirteen, while it did sell well, and actually did sell really well, it actually sold more than Final Fantasy X, but only because it was on uh, Xbox 360 as well. It did sell well, but if they recognized the fact of how uh, diverse the opinions were on it, you know, if you imagine, like, let's say... 60% or let's say 70%. Let's say 70% of people that played Final Fantasy 13 liked it. You know, if you imagine, you know, making a sequel to that, only 70% of that population will be likely to buy the sequel to Final Fantasy 13. And, you know, that okay, so now you're in Final Fantasy 13 too. Okay, so half of the people like that one. How many people will be likely to buy Lightning Returns after that? So you keep shrinking your demographic, you know, the, the more you release sequels, the less likely people will buy the next one. It's just, it's just kind of like it that. I call it, I call it the Saw syndrome for the yeah. movie Saw. Like each yeah. year, each Halloween, we got a new Saw movie, and it's like less, like like the ticket sales for each movie just decreased as it went on. Exactly, and it's if like. You, it's it's kind I of mean, like or you can or if you want to talk video games, some people call it the Madden effect, where yeah. Madden gets small upgrades and they get a more visual upgrade but less smaller you know gameplay upgrades each year. Mm-hmm. It's still selling less and less, and reviews are getting less and less more favorable for it. So exactly, which was and it kind of speaks more to why Final Fantasy was so successful uh, because they sort of found a for, uh, you know technically a formula to beat that. By and they did release sequels, but they were completely different, completely standalone games. And even though they kept releasing sequels, uh, I mean, somehow the word got out that clearly these games were not uh, tied together, and people got into the series because as the series went on, it sold more. Final Fantasy VII sold more than any Final Fantasy before it, and Final Fantasy VIII sold really well, and Final Fantasy IX sold well, and X sold well, twelve even sold well, and thirteen sold well. 
And that's because people know that the Final Fantasy series is going to be something new every time. But if you find if you do something new and you realize that it's not well received, start over. Don't try to save it. You're not going to be yeah. able to save it. I mean, they got lucky with uh, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. You know, they got yeah. extremely lucky to be able to start over on that. And yeah. you know, if something like that happens again, you know, it could be the end of Square Enix. Yeah, because when it comes to MMOs, those are no joke. Those are really, really big projects, and they do cost way more than a normal game. I mean, like I said, you know, even though Final Fantasy XI's been out for, you know, going on over 10 years now, you know, it's even though it is considered, it's still considered the most profitable Final Fantasy in the history of Final Fantasy. And, you know, it. There's only, like I said, there's going to be a certain amount of time before they have to pull the plug on that because it's just Mm. too old, you know, for it to keep going, you know, a lot of people moved on to Final Fantasy 14, myself included, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have to shift focus from 11 to 14 and, you know, you know, especially going onward from 14, you know, to 15, you know, which is, you know, a whole, you know, this is Final Fantasy 15 is going to be, you know, Final Fantasy that's going to raise the, the bar of Final Fantasy even higher than normal because you had, uh, you know, Final Fantasy 10 being what they considered the last of the, you know, really great turn-based ones. combat. Oh, yeah, that too. And then, you know, 11 was MMO, which is, you know, and then and then 12 was more, 11 to 12 kind of shared similar battle systems. And they had 13 move on to, the, you know, the ATBs, mm-hmm. you know, then 14's more, you know, action-generated combat. And then 15 is, you know, diving into what made the Kingdom Hearts series so special, you know, the action RPG you know, it's like when once fifteen comes out, it's like where does Final Fantasy go from there? Do they continue with, you know, the action RGB element, or they go back to turn based? You know, it's it's they're kind of digging themselves into a hole if yeah, it's they're a, thinking about it, Final Fantasy sixteen and beyond. Yeah, as far as that goes, uh, they've gone on record uh, saying that they're they're not. This is something that they're trying for fifteen, um, and honestly. It's only in 15 because it was in Versus, and Versus was always supposed to be like an experimental Final Fantasy, kind of like Birth by Sleep and all the side story Kingdom Hearts games, how they were supposed to be experimental for Kingdom Hearts. Versus was supposed to be experimental. So I don't think this is necessarily indicative of where Final Fantasy is probably going to be going. Uh, it's more just a consequence of the fact that Versus had a really crazy development cycle, and it was forced into becoming a numbered title. But I think yeah. what's... I think as far as, like, so trying to wrap this up, I, I think looking towards the future and, you know, them understanding now that, oh, people like the JRPGs that we've been making, I think that at least from our perspectives as Kingdom Hearts fans, I think they're meeting that for us. I think we're, I think they're making good on that promise to us already. We're getting Kingdom Hearts 3 and we're getting Final Fantasy 15 which is a glorified Kingdom Hearts game. So, we've got our games. We've got our, you know, and and they we also got what we want. Yeah, they I also I just wonder kept... what they're going to be doing for Final Fantasy. What are they going to do for the Final Fantasy series that pushes it forward? Yeah, for me, I think while it probably would never happen, I think what they probably should do is a big big old remake of Final Fantasy 7. I think that would make good with the fans. But I don't think they'll do it. I th- I think it just depends on how Final Fantasy 15 goes. You yeah, know, if, exactly. Because like, because you know, Final Fantasy 7, you know, is came out in '97, and um, you know that's that's a long time, and a lot of diff- different technology, you know, technology have passed. So yeah. 
think have about to redo putting it. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII using Final Fantasy XV's battle system, you know? Yeah, that's possible. So it's like, I guess, I'm guessing that with the way the future goes, especially with this next gen, this next gen is going to last us another, what, 10 years with these PS4 and Xbox Ones? We'll have you know? to see. It's Some people are saying that this is probably the last... Uh, the the last really distinct generation because after this they assume oh maybe we'll go into the cloud cloud computing and then virtual you know, reality the gen, the gen well yeah virtual reality but with cloud computing the nice thing is uh, the console that you're playing on isn't necessarily locked to anything you're just streaming a video from some server out in Timbuktu so they can upgrade the server hardware whenever they want and it's invisible to you you just have this box that plugs into your TV that displays the image. So if we, whenever we get into that phase, um, it's possible that there are no generations anymore and every game will continually just get better at infinitum, I guess, but we'll have to see how that goes. So yeah, as far as what I'm thinking, um, I, I think it's good that they're recognizing it, that people do still like traditional JRPGs. And I think it's good for us. Kingdom hearts fans that we're getting Kingdom Hearts 3 and we're getting Final Fantasy 15. Those look like games just for us. Not I only think... that, they kept uh, their promise by giving us a Kingdom Hearts game each year. Yep. You know, keeping us so entertained, far. whereas, you know, Final Fantasy, the, yeah, you know, Final so Fantasy, much. you know, 13, 13, 2, and Lightning Returns were, well, about two years, two, three years apart each one. Yeah. So it's so, like yeah. they kept their promise because we're still getting our games. And it's funny because how. Kingdom Hearts 3 has gotten a little bit more updates than Final Fantasy 15 has recently, so I think that's pretty funny. Even yeah, though definitely. 3 is still behind in development. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see how things go. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much good for that topic. I was really glad to see uh, that finally we might be getting some change, change in the company. That'd be great. Uh, but yeah, moving along, we're going to be going on into our burning question segment. Uh, the question from the previous show is, what would you like to see in a Kingdom Hearts Collector's Edition? Uh, the first response comes from Rogue of Light, and Rogue of Light says, uh, some ideas that I've had uh, for bonuses uh, that weren't listed in the survey are a Kingdom Hearts-themed console, something like a Hyrule's Historia, but as Jiminy's journal that explains Kingdom Hearts lore uh, deleted scenes and a collection of all the trailers for the games, even ones that were never shown worldwide, like Kingdom Hearts 3D's first one. Uh, ideas about where the series uh, was going to go, like uh, oh, like the original ending for Kingdom Hearts 3D, uh, and an art book uh, with concept art uh, that was shown at the D23 event, uh, etc. I also wouldn't mind a Kingdom Hearts calendar, an actual board game of the command board. And even a coloring children's storybook that tells the game's uh, first story, at least. Wow, that's kind of uh, a <laughs> like going overboard with everything, huh? I mean, yeah. a Kingdom Hearts themed console, you know, it's you It'll know, it, it's, I don't doubt that because you know, since uh, I think it was days, mm-hmm. you know, in Japan. Um, They've been releasing special edition theme, you know, handhelds, starting from Days to Birth by Sleep to, uh, I think it was, I think we did Recode against I don't think Recode got something from Japan. No, I don't think so. And then they went to you know Kingdom Hearts 3D got the special 3DS. I mean, yep. J- J- Japan Japan eats that stuff up like it's nothing. So, I you know I don't doubt seeing a cage theme PS4 for Japan. I am not sure 100 percent sure about. In, you know, outside of Japan, but 
it'd be kind of nice to see that. Um, I would love. I mean, I ordered Hyrule Historia, and I loved every aspect of it. I wouldn't mind seeing the Hyrule Historia version of Kingdom Hearts, though. Yeah. Then again, that'll be just one giant Ultimania because that's what <laughs> yeah, essentially exactly. an Ultimania is. Yeah, um, I wonder. I, so he was sort of like uh, he or she was sort of framing it like instead of being like a Hyrule Historia, which we do, yeah, like you said, we do get in the Ultimanias. They just never got released in uh, the U.S. Uh, having it more like a actual real-life version of Jiminy's Journal. I would like a real version of Jiminy's Journal. That would be kind of cool. I just don't know if all the content would fit in the book. <laughs> I Well, if they release it in chapters, I wouldn't mind. Like, you have, like, Volume yeah. 1, Volume, volume one. 2. Yeah. It would be like, kind of cool to have would it, cover, and then, you like, know... Like, Volume 1 would cover, like, Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories. Volume 2 would be Kingdom Hearts 2, Days, you know, and you know, and then Recoded, and then 3 would be 3 on its own because it's going to yeah. be really messed. It would be 3D and, and Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, just yeah. to throw that out there. But, yeah, I just uh, think it would be kind of cool, you know, you get the Jimny's Journal Volume 1, and you go turn to the last page, and it says, Think Nominate. That would be so cool, like... What a cool nod if they did that. That that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, it's you know, I, like I said, like when they had that survey about what would you see in a collector's edition, I was one of the many people who checked all of them because yeah. it's kind of nice to see that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a board game because uh, actually, Legend of Zelda is going to get like a Monopoly version oh, cool. of it, so I wouldn't mind seeing something similar like that with Kingdom Hearts. That would have been pretty cool. Um, a children's story. I would love to see a children's storybook, but if they make it related to Kingdom Hearts Key, because that's kind of how Kingdom Hearts Key storyline is. Yeah. And since not since not everybody's heard of Kingdom Hearts Key or know what it is exactly, it'd be kind of nice to have something like that so people can understand what Kingdom Hearts Key is. Yeah, since like some of it idea. it's detailing to Kingdom Hearts Three, so it'd be kind of nice to have. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think that w- that wraps that one up. And sure, you want to take the next one? This one's from Sora to Roxas, and they write: I would like an collector's edition to have a Kingdom Hearts styled beanie, the original soundtrack, and maybe a signed original Sora sketch. So I think that's I think that's definitely pretty uh, pretty reasonable, and I think Churro, you would really like the beanie. <laughs> I I, I love beanies, so yeah. I, I'd be down with. Uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts style beanie. I already have three Kingdom Hearts beanies already, so I wouldn't mind uh, having more to my collection. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, having a soundtrack that would be awesome. Um, you know, because Shimomura's music is always awesome. The, the only thing is, I would want the full soundtrack. None of these like preview track ones that come with collector's editions that only have like 20 tracks on one cd that's that's a ripoff i want the full thing well recently some games have been doing a pretty good job of putting uh soundtracks into there so yeah i yeah. mean now nowadays you know you get a soundtrack bundled with it like um like when i bought the collector's edition of final fantasy 10 and 10 2 my game with a full soundtrack so yeah. it was pretty nice of them to do that so yeah that's that's what i would want a signed Sora sketch? I don't know if I really care about that, honestly. Any Anything that's like an art card or just a picture, it makes me think, I could have just downloaded this from the internet. I could have looked at this Not online. only that, it's like, <laughs> I don't think Nomura's going to want to sit there and sign. Well, you know. yeah, and on top of that, he wouldn't actually be signing them. It would just be a, a, a Sora sketch printed out. It would be a printout of his signed sketch. Yeah, so, so you have like so basically sudden, it won't be unique or collectible yeah. or anything like that. Like at the Kingdom Hearts event, those items that were signed by Nora, those are uh, collectible. Those are really something you want to keep because he took the time to sign those personally. Yeah. Honestly, so. these these sorts of things that they would include, 
you know, like art cards or a, a sign sketch like this or a lithograph, as they say. These things are just ways to put things in the bundle that when you go to resell it, you know, that's the first thing you check for because that's the first thing everyone loses is those little art cards. Yeah, I, I keep – I never took mine out of uh, my uh... – Mark of Mastery Edition for Kingdom Hearts 3D. They're also yeah. still in there. I've seen some people. People send me photos of them hanging up on their wall, and and I'm like, "What are you doing? Those are collectible." Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's why I hate those. They're, they're too easy to lose, and I don't know. They don't. They honestly don't have any value to me because they're just a printed out sheet of paper. Uh, I could have done that myself. I could have, and probably wouldn't want to do it myself either, just because. Waste space, it'll just turn into trash in my room. And so. ink, too, as well. And ink, yeah. Save the planet, man. Don't waste the ink. That's uh, that's probably, uh, I don't know, if Minecraft would have you believe ink, ink, ink comes from squids. Well, they do, but not printer ink. <laughs> nope, and ink's expensive, too, so. Ink's expensive. I'm sure they had to, like, shoot a tree or something to get that. I don't know. Anyway, this next one comes from Kai095, uh, and they say... Uh, I would like a hardback version of Jiminy Cricket's journal. Uh, the journal would have to be around 300 pages detailing Sora's journey in all the games and, if possible, Birth by Sleep and 358 over 2. Yeah, I know it's kind of sad, but I would love that. Um, which goes to show that you're not alone. I mean, that's what yeah, Rogue definitely Light, not alone. You know, Rogue Light mentioned that as, you know, a Jiminy's journal version. You know, that seems pretty popular among people. And um, I wouldn't mind that at all. I would love to you know cuddle up with the Jiminy journal and just you know lay in bed and just take a take a read at it you know just see how the entire process of Kingdom Hearts came to be and how so was journey from the very beginning to what it is now if only if there's one thing I would love to have included was the story of how like a more accurate and more in-depth story of how Kingdom Hearts came to be we all know it came from a Disney executive and and Hashimoto yeah. meeting the elevator at you know one of at the Square Enix you know building in Japan, but it's like I would love to see that go more into detail of how everything got set up and the process uh, that went. And, and Nomura okay. shed some light about it too when he got interviewed. But I'd love to see a more detailed story of how Kingdom Hearts came to be and how Nomura's trip to uh, the U.S. to talk with the Disney executives about his sore sketch. You know, I would love to. See to hear that from the very beginning to what it is now i would love to hear that especially i just had the greatest idea of a partnership with next media i think that's what they're called so next media are the i think they're taiwanese they do these like terrible cheap 3d animations of news events and you see it a lot on youtube i would love a horrible 3d animation of a reenactment of all that the the history of Kingdom Hearts. I want the elevator scene. I want them talking to Nomura. I want them going to Disney. I want all of that, and I want it to be in horrible CG. That'd be so funny. <laughs> Why did you do that, Brandon? <laughs> um, I'm I'm still I'm still working my way up <laughs> modeling. <laughs> that would be such a cool. That would that, cool be a cool aspect, just to you know, just to poke fun of how Kingdom Hearts came to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, Cherry, you want to take this next one? Yep, this one's from Bearer of Darkness, and they write, I would like for the collector's edition to contain Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, Rechain of Memories, 358 over 2 days, Birth by Sleep, and 3D. Also, an official soundtrack would be cool. Along, maybe, a behind-the-scenes look in the Square Enix to show the process of King- of creating Kingdom Hearts, an art book, and a real version of Jiminy's Turtle. <laughs> 
probably would be expensive package, but I believe it would be worth it. So clear, <laughs> clearly, uh, clearly everybody wants Jiminy's journal, uh, and I totally agree. Um, was that even mentioned in the survey? Anything like that? I don't think so. So yeah, so this is... So Square, if you want a brand new idea for a product, I mean, this seems like such an easy thing to do because, I mean, the easiest way to do it would be to actually just copy and paste the text from Jiminy's journal, which they have. So if they do that and just print it out and make a book out of it and sell it. Seriously, you know, if, if, if they want, I can send them a copy of my Hyrule Historia so they can get an idea, <laughs> just as long as you send it yeah. back to me when you're done. Now, now, Churro, so since this is such a uh, clearly a popular idea, so let's talk about this idea of a Germany's journal a little bit more. Um, how would you want it to be? Would you want it to be more like an Ultimania, or would you want it to be more like, do you want it to be, quote-unquote, in character? Do you want a page-for-page copy of Jiminy's Journal, or do you want something that just looks like Jiminy's Journal, but it's actually kind of like Hyrule Historia, where, you know, they talk about the development process, they have interviews from Nomura and stuff like that. Which which version would you rather want? Well, being an being owner of Ultiminios, I'd rather see an actual, like, in-character type of thing, because that okay. would make it more worthwhile, because they're keeping it within, you know, its universe, so it'd be kind of neat to have, because if yeah. I wanted something from an interview, I'd just pick up an Ultimania, you know? Yeah, you can just look online. And yeah. I think that would also be, like, I mean, not, not to be so greedy, but that is an opportunity to sell more, because... Uh, Jiminy's Journal has gone through a couple different volumes. So there was the original volume, which was Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories. And then there was, you know, the Kingdom Hearts 2 one. And so Jiminy has had several journals, and they can also sell uh, Roxas's journal from uh, 358 over 2. There's the Ansem reports. There's the secret reports from 358 over 2. There's there's lots of paper. (laughs) There's a lot of documentation within Kingdom Hearts. Uh, that you could only otherwise access uh, digitally. Uh, so it'd be kind of cool to have the in-character, real-life thing in your hand, and it is in-character. It is the Jiminy's Journal. That'd be kind of, like, awesome. It would be it'd be cool. I mean, I'd be totally down with that. Like I said, you know, if I want an Ultimania filled with no more interviews, then, yeah, pick up an Ultimania. But... Yeah, and th- that actually reminds me, um, for uh, for Nino Kuni, they have the uh, the actual physical wizard's companion that only came with the collector's edition of nino kuni and that thing was so popular completely sold out that version of nino kuni you cannot find it anywhere uh, unless you check on ebay and i'm sure it's like a couple hundred bucks just because it's so rare and wanted because having an in it was i mean they have it in the game and it is exactly the same book and like having the real book in your hand and seeing the spells i mean it's kind of cool. I mean, it, I, I I wouldn't you know, totally be done with that. I mean, even if, say, for example, Final Fantasy fourteen give us mm-hmm. a collector's edition version with a book that looks exactly like the Scholar's Wield in the game, you know, I would mm-hmm. totally love that too. You know, these it's just these little things like that would make it so worthwhile because mm-hmm. every Kingdom Hearts fan would love to have something like that. You know, where there's yeah. a, a giant keyblade that is the replica of the Kingdom Key, you know, people would love that. You know, just it's also because like, it's also pretty rare, at least in Square Enix. I never see Square Enix do something that's like an in-character piece of memorabilia. I never see something like this is a replica of something in the game. Uh, you rarely see something like that. You know, whether it be you know, I mean, sometimes we see jewelry. Like I think Kyrie's necklace was uh, remade, and you can buy that. 
but you know, stuff like books. I mean, obviously they can't do all the weapons because that would be dangerous. But you know, stuff stuff like that or a potion. I mean, they had the potion uh, drink. But that didn't look like any potion. Yeah, well, they, they had the bottle look like a potion bottle. Um, and it had, even yeah. it had that, that look to it, too. It was all blue. Yeah. I guess stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, I guess that counts. So, yeah, stuff like that. Stuff in character that, you know... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean I, it I surprised do... me when they made that replica keyblade for the yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3D event in Japan. Mm-hmm. Well, it was used as, like, a wand. Yeah. You know, it was, and then they had, they used that around the... Um, for the 3D launch in North and uh, North America, and New York, yeah. Then they had it for the uh, Kingdom Hearts event in Anaheim, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice for them to have that. But unfortunately, that's the really only one they got. They can't really just sell those because of uh, liabilities and stuff like that. Yeah. If somebody gets hurt, exactly. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I'll take this uh, last one. And this one comes from RPG Geo, and uh, they respond with, "Hey guys." Uh, besides having a limited edition Kingdom Hearts themed PlayStation 4 and custom controller, uh, it would be cool if a Kingdom Hearts Collector's Edition uh, to bring a book of Zehanort's origin uh, in like a diary format. Uh, it could tell us it in more detail uh, how he be- uh, became a Keyblade wielder and how he came up with the convoluted plot uh, that he, I guess, enacted in Kingdom Hearts 3D. Uh, in addition to that, um, it could be nice to have uh, more than one Wayfinder or Lucky Charm, like Oathkeeper, so you could share that with your friends. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. Like, you yeah. know, it'd be nice to see the, the origin of uh, XA and Art and how he, you know... Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, everything's so vague with them because that's what the mystery is, but I'm sure once Kingdom Hearts 3 is out, we'll find out yeah. why and sure everything. I'm sure that's something they'll cover in the game. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind seeing something yeah. like that, kind of like because you know how how you said there's Roxas's diary. Yeah, you know I wouldn't mind seeing like eggs, you know, reports. Yeah, based off his reports, origin. Anna reports, all those. I want those too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and same thing with Wayfinder. You know, Wayfinders and Lucky Charms. You know, Oathkeeper. You know, those those are really neat. I mean, I've bought a few fan made uh, Oathkeepers and Palapu fruits mm-hmm. from like cons and and etsy.com and those are really neat to have you know so i i wouldn't mind having those as a collector's edition item yeah i I promise you even if they don't like include them with a collector's edition if square makes official wayfinders lucky charm you know oathkeeper charms or palpoo fruits i don't know toys if they make official versions of those those would sell like hotcakes because you know i don't know maybe this could be like a new a new avenue for square making replicas of you know, but the only question is, items. I mean, they love to release these things in Japan only, though. They yeah, like to leave other, true. you know, the U.S. and Europe behind. I mean, with the Lightning Returns Collector's Edition, it came with, uh, in Japan, it came with uh, the Play Arch Kai figure of Lightning. Whereas the the English version of Lightning Returns Collector's Edition came with the Pocket Watch instead. Yeah, and um, so sometimes, you know, a lot of these things that, that they make are only strictly for Japan. Like, for example, Japan's getting uh, the Rhythm Curtain Call Limited Edition 3DS, and you can only win that through lottery, you know? Yeah. So, more likely that probably... I mean, it, it's rare for it to get released over here by Square Enix standards, because, you know, that's Square Enix. <laughs> so, yeah, it makes exactly. you kind of wonder, you know, hopefully this survey that we took, you know, opens their eyes about, you know... What we what we the fans want that's outside of Japan. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's uh, 
yeah, I think that's something that they really need to find out. Uh, because yeah, clearly, because I mean, we clearly want stuff because they, ha- they get too. Clearly, because um, the market mastery for K3D sold out so quickly, like they had to mm-hmm. keep ordering, you know, more. Like Amazon had to keep, you know, reordering them off their website, you know, and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. for that. Um, same with the collect the you know the collector's edition of uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those were selling out too. You know, it's hard to find those. Norm- I mean, I it's hard to find those anywhere now. The collector's edition for the art book and all that. Is, so it's, if, if we're buying these up, you know, then, you know, it just shows that we want these, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up the burning question uh, for this episode. For our next episode, in light of upcoming E3, what do you expect to see from Kingdom Hearts at E3 2014? So we ask this kind of question every year uh, around E3 time. I think this is probably going to be the most exciting because now we know. Now Kingdom Hearts 3 is is real. So uh, I can't wait to hear what people think will be coming uh, in June. Because, yeah, uh, really, at this Send point, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You know, they, we got we got the surprise of our lives last year. So That's let's sure. uh, keep that ball rolling. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, uh, moving along on to our question segment. Our first question comes from Crimson Dragoon. And Crimson Dragoon asks... Uh, well, first he says, Koopo Koopo, guys! And then then he asks, or she, I'm not sure, uh, asks, how would you guys feel about Sora adopting the summons from previous Final Fantasy games? Uh, you know, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but I really don't think they would fit entirely. I mean, yeah, unless, I don't think they fit either. No, they wouldn't fit. I mean, even if Nomura makes them, like, cartoony, I think they'll just lose whatever, you know, thing special thing they had to make them you know badass yeah so like i think they just stick with disney summons because that's what the mm-hmm. appeal of the disney summons is to see more different disney characters being summoned to your aid you know leave final fantasy awards at as cameos mm-hmm. you know don't really try to bring it too much final fantasy because then you'll mm-hmm. just call it final fantasy to begin with so exactly. just leave it it's just like the whole discussion with final fantasy worlds meaning kingdom hearts you know yeah. just leave final fantasy words at Strictly cameos. Don't let it take up too much of what made Kingdom Hearts so special. Yeah. Okay, so I have an idea for a potential compromise. What if you could fight Final Fantasy summons like Bahamut That would or be Ifrit? better. Because I think that would work. Because it were it works by finding Final boss. Fantasy characters. Yeah. As bosses. We've already Yeah, so that's that's yeah, we've already had Final Fantasy characters as bosses, so that's an established thing that Kingdom Hearts already has done before. So if they did summons instead of like, you know, main human characters, I think that would be a it seems like a, a logical extension. It's not something that's out of character of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, so I mean, it's something we've already done, you know, so it's going to be kind of nice to see a fight a little cartoony version of Bahamut maybe or yeah. you know. It'd be so Shiba. cool if it was like, you know, Final Fantasy 10 Bahamut and it could fly around and maybe jump on his back or you know, do stuff jump like on that. Jump on the Bahamut's back. Jump on the Bahamut's back. He's charging his mega flare. Oh, that'd be so awesome. And uh yeah, so Troy, you want to take the next one? This one's from Nerdy Dandaman, which is a pretty... I like that name, Nerdy Dandaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they nice. write, Do you think that the original chain of memories for the Game Boy Advance still holds up, or can you understand the PS2 and PS3 versions of the game? Um, Honestly, yeah, I think, I think it does. Um, Though, personally, I, I don't know if I would 
still uh, still play them, so maybe, maybe it doesn't stand up. Uh, j- just because with, with Chain of Memories, it's a really long game. Like it's really long and really repetitive. It, it's it's kind of got that uh, three five eight over two days syndrome where there's really good story at the beginning and really good story at the end, and there's a lot of filler in the middle, and it's really long and really tedious. So it's kind of hard to want to play any version of chain of memories to be honest so yeah i guess honestly if i'm going to experience chain of memories i'm just going to load up chain of memories and go into theater mode and watch the cutscenes. that's all i'm gonna do for me like i the game boy advance version always has such a place in my heart i yeah i'm one of the few that prefer still prefers the game boy advance version over mm-hmm. the the uh ps2 and ps3 versions simply because to me the ps2 and ps3 versions are just too much yeah. You know, you know, there's, you know, you got the 3D environments, you know, you got the big controller where the Game Boy Advance version, it's more simplified, you know, you have everything in front of you, you know, I still prefer that way. Plus it's portable, you can take it anywhere. You know, I have a Game Boy Micro, which I bought off of uh, Amazon, and, you know, I can still load up, you know, Chain of Memories on there just fine and play like, you know, and it fits in my pocket and it takes me anywhere it goes. So to yeah. me, the, the Game Boy Advance version still holds up for me. Like I'll yeah. ch- I'll take that any day over the PS2 and PS3 versions. And I gotta say, it definitely still holds a special place in my heart uh, from a technical perspective. I guess if technical things can hold a place in your heart, well, of course. But I it mean, you didn't most, really see that much. It stuff. was the most exciting experience when I first saw the Chain of Memories opening movie because it blew my mind. Because like, oh my god, they have PlayStation 2 quality graphics i mean it, it was a recorded video but they had a recorded video on a game boy advance that like that never happened before that was so cool yeah it's that's that's what makes square Enix so special because they know how to push the bar on especially the the limited you know hardware they're used yeah. to working with they know how to push that you know it worked with chain of memories you know it worked again for days mm-hmm. birth by sleep uh recorded and 3d so, like, they definitely know how to do it, especially when it comes to handhelds, so. Yeah. All right, and this last one comes from uh, KH14Crazy, and they ask, do you guys think that uh, that Disney will hype up Kingdom Hearts 3 as much as they did Kingdom Hearts 2? Uh, for example, uh, they I guess they had uh, Disney 365 segments, uh, they had cast interviews, commercials, and stuff like that. No, you know... They're just going to do what they always do, just pretend it doesn't exist, sweep it on the rug, and let people figure it out on their own. But of course they will. Come on now. Especially with the release of, uh, you know, 1.5. You know, Disney allowed Square Enix to put a booth up for 1.5 at, D- at their Disney D23 Expo last year. Yep. They allowed Square Enix to put up their Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 event in Anaheim. Um you know, they're slowly, slowly releasing that stranglehold they have over it. I mean, they didn't really do much for Birth by Sleep. Uh, I mean, they had that event for Kingdom Hearts 3D, but it was mainly Nintendo that wanted it, yeah. not more so of Disney. So even though that's still something, you know, still shows – but a lot of people turned out for it, so it shows to Disney that we do kind of want these things. So it's – all in all, you know, it's – they will. They have to because – in the video game sense, the only really two big video games that are really selling for Disney is Kingdom Hearts and Disney Infinity. Yeah. So those are the main big ones. Yeah, then you have then like it was said in that uh E three last year that a Disney representative was there at Square Enix's uh 
meeting after the day after Kingdom Hearts 3 and got announced. You know, they had Disney representative there with Square Enix, and then they also had Disney representatives at the D20, the Japan, Japanese D23 Expo. So, you know, it shows that they're they're trying. They're trying. Yeah. So, I mean, it was hugely successful for Kingdom Hearts 2 in 2006. So, you know, got to keep the, the ball rolling. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it, it's pretty clear. Uh, Disney is definitely... Uh, from the get-go, uh, from the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 3 with their support at E3 and uh, the the next announcement being at D23 in Japan, the first D23 ever, uh, you know, Disney's been involved from the very beginning of the announcement. They've never done that before. They've never come out, you know, so publicly uh, to support a, even a Kingdom Hearts console title uh, right from the beginning. So this is something new for Kingdom Hearts 3. So clearly they know they have something special on their hands and they're going to promote it as such. So that's really good. So uh, moving along into our music segment, our music comes from uh, someone on YouTube called N the Original. We've actually had them on before. Um, I think they were on in January, maybe January last year. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> it's been way too long. <laughs> it's been a while. But yeah, and, and the original, um, he's got some cool uh, you know, techno-y remixes, and he does a lot of Kingdom Hearts remixes. So if you want to look him up, youtube.com slash ntheoriginal, and that's E-N-E-N-T-H-E-O-R-I-G-I-N-A-L. That's N the original. So go check him out. And this is a remix of Fate of the Unknown. It's called... Kingdom Hearts, Fate of the Unknown, Techno Electric Remix. Uh, so yeah, check it out. It's really awesome. Uh, the next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 13th of May. Uh, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one. And Yay. Of course, yes. And of course, and that uh, next episode is the pre-E3 event, too. Yeah, so it's Pre-E3 a big show. One. So, yeah, be sure to uh, go on GamingUnion.net, go on the forums, and respond in the episode release thread. Let us know what you think uh, the next uh, the next E3 will hold for Kingdom Hearts. And the next E3, that's going to be like June 9th, June 10th, June 11th, around there. June 6th through the 9th, I think, through, through the 10th. I'm not 100% sure. It's the second week. It's... It's yeah, approaching it's, us closely. It's, it's, it's the first full week of June. Or June 9th. I think it's June 9th through the 11th, I think. So there you go. So, yeah, big big stuff coming early June. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, of course, you guys can catch every episode on KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Churro. KH2.co.uk. Yep. And just as a reminder, you guys can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. So please, uh, please support us. Uh, definitely helps the show keep going and keep getting better. So if you guys want to hear this every week, uh, definitely support us on Patreon, and that would be super helpful. Help us out. Yeah. So that's pretty much our goodbye time. It's been another lovely broadcast. Oh yeah. Things are they're rare, but they're they're always special. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy these broadcasts because we do. Yeah. Even though and- we do miss our our lovely ladies from time to time. You exactly. know, to balance out us boys, you know. But exactly. We, so, yeah, don't we, worry. we don't worry, ladies. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you, ladies. Uh, we we definitely miss you, Sabby, so uh, hopefully you can be back we next We miss episode. you, Sabby. Hopefully you you better be back next episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> a <That's> threat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, uh, say your goodbyes, Gerald. All right. Bye, guys. So it's, it's been fun. 
All right, and I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a TweaksMusic.com and KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.